Mind is the forerunner of all states. So this training, the Buddhist path is fundamentally a training of the mind, the mind and heart. So, there's a particular exercise that we do to strengthen the, the aspects of the mind that are highly desirable. Mindfulness, concentration. The other five enlightenment factors, curiosity, persistence, energy, joy, tranquility, equanimity. And it's a gardening project. So we prepare the soil. We, we create a comfortable, upright posture, a way to sit as pain-free as possible. The Buddha sat cross-legged because he was from a small village in North India, where everyone sat cross-legged. What's important is to sit comfortably upright. If you have back support, a little low back support, it's just fine. The more it gets toward being in your recliner, the more likely it is you'll go to sleep, which is not a disaster, but it, it doesn't give the opportunity to practice in the way that sitting comfortably upright does. And so now, where are you? What is your location on the planet? There's a continent and a city and a room. And there's your place in the room. Notice how distant you are from the walls aware of the space around you. Notice the aliveness, which is your feet. Which is what you call your hands. And it isn't the conceptual knowing, it's a distinctive awareness of the actual sensations, the tingling, vibrating aliveness. But let's not get caught in the terms tingling or vibrating either. Those are just concepts. There is an actual experience of life. And this body, your vehicle for a lifetime, is dependent upon the rest of the world. 
Your body is the living earth manifesting as a human body. Notice that it breathes. And it breathes all by itself. And each breath has a beginning. Really notice that. There's no breath. There's no breathing. And then something, some kind of a hunger or a longing, a desire builds up in the body. In terms of human physiology, it's the buildup of carbon dioxide that sets off this hunger. And then breathing in begins. And breathing in continues for some time And there's a, perhaps a stretching of the musculature and tendons of the chest and abdomen. And then there's fullness and then decline. And then there's disappearing. And there is a very mysterious thing happening here, which is that awareness exists. And awareness notices breathing in and breathing out. One could say that the breathing in and out happen in awareness.
And there are other things that happen as well. The mind wanders. We fall into trances. The trance of the past, the trance of the future. When we land lovingly, decidedly on the sensations of breathing, it hones the mind or trains the mind somehow, illuminates its capacity of observation. And so the mind wanders. And just as we can observe the beginning of thoughts, excuse me, the beginning of the breath, so thoughts come into being. Oftentimes we don't catch the beginning of a thought. We may catch it five thoughts later, or maybe even there's been some emotion involved. But mysteriously, somehow, mindfulness and concentration illuminate the thoughts. And then there's a moment of what seems, at least seems to be free will. And there's a choice. Shall I stay with the thought or shall I return to breathing? And for the purposes of the meditation, the choice is I shall return to breathing. And it's not a battle. We're not trying to get rid of the thoughts. We simply want to awaken and not be identified with them. And so we come home to breathing in and out.
For some people, it is helpful to attend to breathing at the nostrils. On the in-breathing and out-breathing, there are rather distinct and subtle sensations. It isn't following the breath down through the nose, into the throat, and into the body somehow. That's an imagination practice. This is the practice of bare attention to the sensations in the nostrils, at the surface of the nostrils, that occur when in-breathing and out-breathing. It's also, of course, quite possible that the five hindrances are putting in an appearance. Perhaps even the five, a multiple hindrance attack. If it's difficult to abide with the breath, check to see if there's desire present. The mind is wanting something. I want something. I want something to happen. Or it's not wanting something, it's wanting the mind not to have this experience. Or maybe it's simply restless, agitated, worried, jumping from one object to another. Or sleepy dullness, sloth and torpor. Or doubt, which stands all by itself. Can I do this? Do I believe in this anyway? Maybe this is the wrong practice, the wrong time, the wrong teacher. So we notice any or all of these as they arise. normal inhabitants of a human mind, normal landmarks. The primary antidote is always awareness, to realize that we are not that. I take refuge in the Buddha, which is awake of that, awake to that. 
And there are antidotes for desire. It's to reflect upon the object of desire and see, does it, is it really something, would it really be like I think it would be? If it's aversion, we notice the aversion. And then if it's aversion to a person, we might practice a few moments of loving kindness toward them or figure out how to be compassionate toward them. Restlessness and agitation we treat with greater concentration. Really decide to come home lovingly, solidly to breathing sensations. Sloth and torpor, sit up straight, open the eyes, and really be mindful of the winking out of consciousness, or more accurately, the winking on of consciousness when you remember. Fascinating, lots to learn there. And if mindfulness isn't enough with doubt, then the conversation with good Dharma friends is a very adequate and helpful treatment. So we are putting aside, changing the track, planting different seeds, mindfully taking up in-breathing and out-breathing. not at war with the hindrances, just using them as the manure of our awakening, said Chogyam Trungpa. Come home to yourself, to here and now, this breath.
It serves us well also to notice the emotional tone that we bring to practice. It's not a war. There is a way we can frame it as a battle between light and dark and awake and asleep and so on. But I find it very important to bring love to the practice. In love, there's room for everything. So there's an aspirational saying, I aspire to love and accept myself exactly as I am in this moment. So our meditation is a love affair with our own experience. We're very curious about our own experience. We're willing to accept and listen. We're willing to accept the beauty of our own being. We're willing to be kind and compassionate with our inadequacies and failures. I aspire to love and accept myself exactly as I am in this moment. And whenever I'm hurting, no matter how I'm hurting, I aspire to hold myself in sweet compassion. When the toddler crashes and is surprised and freaked out and maybe there's a skin knee. What does she, he, they need? Comforting arms. No sudden movements in case there is injury. And containment, holding. I see you're hurting. Oh, look, you're bleeding a little bit. That's good red blood. I love you. Containment, compassion. And we sit where we are right now, really identical to every other human being on the planet in terms of our need for kindness and compassion. And so by providing, taking care of this person, in fact, we take care of the world. We could Make that more explicit with an, on the in-breath, breathing in. Notice breathing in. With it, add a little mantra. May I be happy. 
may I be content, may I be free from suffering. Find something or things you can repeat easily. Let them bathe their way into you. And then on the out-breath, may all beings, or you could pick a particular person, may all, may all beings be happy and safe, free from suffering. Resting back into this present moment. May I be happy, may all beings be happy. And now becoming, becoming mysteriously aware how does it happen of the body from the tips of the toes to the feet and ankles and forelegs, forelegs, it's not the forelegs, it's the calves, the shins, the knees, the thighs, the pelvis, all the life of the genitals and the digestive tract, the deep abdomen. The chest. Notice how it expands and contracts. And then the back, all the way from the sacrum to the base of the skull. The fingers and hands, wrists and forearms, elbows and upper arms. And shoulders and neck, the jaw, the cheeks, the eyes, the forehead and the scalp, the ears, in short, the whole body. Bringing awareness now into the eyes. Let them roll around a little bit in their smooth home here in the head, in the face. And then making the effort that's required, first an intention and then letting the eyes open. Seeing. And we can see with what I like to call the eyes of blessing or the eyes of delight. Think a kind thought for the person you're seeing. Seeing. May you be really content and free from anxiety. May you be able to accept the circumstances of your life as they are right now and do what you can to create what you want, but to accept the process of that. 